Hello and welcome everyone to the SmackDown 6 podcast, the podcast where you gotta know where to, when to hold them, when to fold them, when to walk away, and when to run. Sometimes you gotta take a gamble on a podcast, on a show, on an episode, and you get to be gamblers with us tonight. Hello, I am your host, Matt Vaughn, and each week on the SmackDown 6 podcast, the podcast where we cover the SmackDown 6 era SmackDown from early 2002 until early 2004, we have with us a guest co-host, someone to walk with us. Someone to tap us on the table when we think that we're saying, no, the cards are just getting hot. They say, got to cut and run. Come on, man. Let's get back to the buffet. The gentleman with me this week to do exactly that is uh, my own flesh and blood, but not the one you might be used to. I got Alex Vaughn with me. Not Paramount Starling. He's a a, a bit of a yet, yet, yet. We'll see. We'll see how it goes. At the time of this recording, Paramount is unaware of me. I think you seem like more of an NBC Universal guy. Yeah, yeah, I feel good about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you know, if I said you were an HBO guy, I think that'd be the most flattering thing I could say. But uh, yeah, we I, both I, know that's not true. Yeah, we know that's <laughs> true. yeah, I'm here. Thank you, Matt, for having me. It's fantastic to be here to be that, uh, you know, person on your shoulder in case, you know, the, the cards aren't going your way. Say, hey, pal, there's free crab legs all over the place. Let's get back to the buffet. Let's get some prime rib and let's let's just reflect. Let's that's sit back it. and relax. I have seen the songwriter of the aforementioned gambler play that song live at the bluebird cafe in nashville tennessee which was super cool uh Baller. That has there nothing it is. to do with what we're talking about here kenny rogers of the roasters fame it was not kenny rogers it. it was like no. the guy who wrote the song it was like okay. songwriter circle and so we started okay. singing it and i was like oh okay you may know this one <laughs> you may know this one yeah that and a couple of garth brooks and a little allison krauss yeah we got we got it all in there but that's good the gambler was one of them. And I was yeah. Oh. Blown away. Gambling, a theme on this show. The show we're talking about is yes. the January 15th, 2004 episode of SmackDown. It taped January 13th, 2004. Uh, a TV rating of 3.4. It did not beat Raw. Mm. They had 6,000 people in a 9,300 seat barn, which is not a bad crowd for them. Two thirds full at this point is like decent. And like a decent it made it arena. look like when they first oh, yeah. started, it made it look much better than it was because I knew it was 6,000. And when they were showing everyone, I was like, okay, you know what? Doesn't look as bad as I thought it would. Right. And we are, we're, uh, we're okay. So I'll, I'll say where we are and I'm going to come back to it. We're at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Uncasville, Connecticut, which is a, mm. which factors into the show way more than you might think. Considering that all the time we're in all sorts of places and it's like, oh, you know, it doesn't matter that we're in Seattle or that we're in Mobile, Alabama. It does not. But Alex, my question for you, buddy. Uh, are you a soap guy or you more of a body wash guy? Jeez, uh, Matt, what year was it? Probably 99. I made the mm-hmm. switch from from bars of soap to, to body wash. And, you know, it's been 23 years and I, I, I am not looking back. Although I will say I have washed myself with a bar of soap more recently than I normal because when I travel, I travel with the bar of soap due to logistic constraints, and that's just do a it. logistic thing. But yeah, now I'm a body wash guy. How about you? I'm a body wash guy as well. I remember, uh, I don't even remember how the conversation came up, but I was talking with my wife once, and she was like, Oh, yeah, that guy's like a bar of soap guy. And I was like, <laughs> I was like, What a weird it's I took it, I took it as like a kind of uh, like he's kind of old school, kind of a bar of soap fellow there. And I, yeah. I presume Dove, I could get behind like an Irish spring, like a nice kind of like a nice green bar, a good smell mm-hmm. kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Now you're saying, well, th- you might be wondering, guys, if you're listening to the show and you didn't watch this episode of SmackDown, you're like, why are we talking about soap? And if you did watch this episode of SmackDown, you're like, oh, good grief, the soap. Soap factors in tonight, folks. It does. 
it's a major concern. It's a going concern here. Now, Alex, here's a question for you. Mm. Uh, Mohegan, Mohegan Sun. I almost called it the Mohegan Hun. Yeah. Mohegan Sun Arena. Like, is Mohegan Sun as a casino? Does it have any clout on a national level whatsoever? Because they talk about in this episode that like we're at Mohegan Sun, as if as if it's like Atlantic City, as if it's like Reno, as if it's just like little baby Vegas or something. Yeah. I mean, the name like, definitely it. rings a bell, but it's yeah, not, not of the sure. Caesars Palace, uh, you know, uh, Atlantic City vein. And I feel like there's a few in Connecticut, Mohegan Sun and another one that eludes me right now. But ultimately, yeah. no, not a place I would seek out. Uncasville, Connecticut, not on the list, the bucket list of places I need to go in my life. Unfortunately, I get it. no offense. Okay. Again. Just like I could be Paramount's darling eventually, I could be Uncasville's biggest fan as of this recording. Not so. Not so. Now, yeah. we are in New England, and so I was excited mm-hmm. to see what John Cena was be wearing in terms of throwbacks to this episode. Uh, a little surprising what he went with, and we'll, we'll talk about it a little bit later on. Um, but let us let me set the scene for the folks here on the podcast. Let's talk about last week's episode mm-hmm. of the show, and then we'll proceed into what the good folks in Uncasville would have seen before SmackDown, and then we'll hit SmackDown proper. So on last week's episode of the show, Eddie and Chavo Guerrero fully split up after Kurt Angle tried to unite them, but Chavo Guerrero turned on his uncle Eddie and beat him up. Chris Benoit was put up against all three members of the FBI in a mini Royal Rumble, and he unsurprisingly won. Also, Hardcore Holly beat Big Show in a street fight, then he chased off Brock Lesnar, his opponent, at the upcoming Royal Rumble. That was last week's show. Mm-hmm. This week's show, we had some dark matches beforehand. Uh, Akio, one of the jury's def- uh, henchmen, defeated Paul London. I think they factor in a little bit later on. Uh, and on Velocity itself, we saw Ultimo Dragon. He hit his flipping reverse DDT finisher on Shannon Moore and pinned him. And Alex, I don't know, for whatever reason, I went into the YouTube comments section because these <laughs> Velocity shows, they are on YouTube and they're completely Great quality, too. Maybe the best quality I've ever seen. of, uh, of Decent, at least. Decent, decent. yeah, decent. Um, and the YouTube comment, I'm going to read this as is, no punctuation whatsoever. About the Ultimo Dragon, the reason that Ultimo thing didn't work out is because he looks like a Power Ranger. Yeah. I mean, I think he always kind of looked like a Power Ranger, period. Uh, I don't know if that's... I mean, judging from what I've seen where he's had a lot of styles clashing with the rest of the crew, and it's just these matches haven't gone great. Yeah. I don't think it's the Power Ranger thing, but I do like somebody being like, I got the answer. He looked like, he looked dumb. He looked like a 90s cartoon. It was dumb. Yeah, I mean, it's like... Didn't all come together for Ultimo. I'm sure we've touched on yeah. it a few times in, in the podcast. It's, uh, I don't know if it's a language barrier combined with just being like a little sloppy when he's trying to be very it was sloppy, surprisingly sloppy. And like, it's just, you know, there's usually a botch or a half botch per uh, match. Yeah. I, you know, I think, I think his, his, the last appearance he might be on uh, in, in a future episode, this might be his penultimo appearance oh wow oh, i don't know if that's Ooh. true i just want to make that joke wow. uh the penultimo dragon he should have a taxi rider who always faces him first yeah that's the gift that keeps on giving any one of them could be the penultimo penultimo also on velocity matt morgan hit a sit-up powerbomb on orlando jordan got the one two three uh matt morgan used to spin around when he did a sit-up powerbomb but he stopped i don't know if i like the change or not just i'm noticing it he used an to inner, do it's an inner ear thing with him i think it's just it's going to, he's going to it's going to grill afterwards. It's yeah. like, I'm a little bit disoriented, guys. It's like, you're yeah. spinning around with 300 pounds on your shoulders, yeah, man. Stop, just stop that part. You don't have to do that. Yeah. Okay, fine. Billy Kidman hit the shooting star press on Arch Kincaid for the win. Arch Kincaid uh, was a New England wrestler. Uh, mm-hmm. One of his nicknames, and I feel like if you find any like indie wrestler, you'll always find a nickname like this. Uh, he also went by 
the sexual intellectual. Oh, <laughs> uh, so I did get about halfway through this uh, episode of Velocity. Good and for that's you. Basically, the intro to that match when I saw Austin Kincaid, I was like, you know what? I think I'm good. He looked like <laughs> every indie wrestler ever combined oh, yeah. into one. Now, here he is wearing his silver and black trunks. Okay, there he goes. Sells well. All right, good for him. Uh, main event of Velocity, which Alex did not get to. That's okay. Bradshaw hit the close line from hell on A train to get the pin. Before the match, they showed a clip from SmackDown and they said it had the the graphic on it said eight weeks ago. I was like, eight weeks ago. We're going like. I understand if you want to be like these guys had a, they just had some battles, you know, six months ago. But it's one thing to be like you may not remember eight full weeks ago, mm-hmm. four paychecks ago. You might have had a different girlfriend eight weeks ago. Viewers of SmackDown at the time. Uh, but you know, a while ago that happened. It's rare to see mm. in there. So let's talk about this week's episode of SmackDown. Yeah, uh, we begin with no cold open. We go right into the I want it all rap intro. Uh, Alex, has this changed since you've last been on? Uh, not enough for me to pick out. No Nathan Jones, which I think he's been gone right. for a bit. A couple months, I think, yeah, uh, at this point. And then there was... Hardcore Holly got inserted in there. They Maybe tried Hardcore to, Holly was in there, and it seems like every to match the shot video. Is, is Cena. Yes. Cena's and I think, in it a lot. Maybe Arm. Yeah. This is, I mean, we can talk more about it here, but this is a show where I'm feeling that they're like, they think Cena's going to be a thing, yes. but they're also struggling in general with star power, where they're like, the, the, the last couple main events have been, the last week's main event was Hardcore Holly, and it's Big Show in a street fight. I like street fights, and I know what they're trying to do with Big Show. Or sorry, with Hardcore Holly, where they're trying to do a whole thing. So I feel like I'm doing the wind horse fingers here, Alex. You are. You <laughs> are. I don't want to date this episode too much, but it's like, that's what's going on in Utah. And what's like, happening? Oh, okay. What's happening in Mohegan Sun? Why is that, Alex? Why, why is that? The gambling capital of Connecticut. Now, why is that? It is also the manufacturing facility for ivory soap. Now, tell me why would that factor into the show? <laughs> Someday I will get tired of that joke, and I'm not. It's not today. It's not today. It might be the time I listen to this podcast a few weeks from now when it comes out. But we will always see. get that visual jokes too during. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> if you explain them, you can kind of get yeah, away with both true. of them. That's true. Especially if you, you do a good job. Sure, everything we're saying. That's right. Wind horse uh, <laughs> So the pyro explodes around the fist, and we're live to tape in the Mohegan Sun Casino, a mere 10 days away from Royal Rumble. It is the arena of the casino. To be clear, we're not like, there's not a ring amongst, uh, you know, felt, green felt tables and uh, different machines. It's actually an arena, just to be clear. <sighs> Having said that, that would be cool. It'd be good, yeah, go of back course. To like, hey, you know, in Street Fighter, you're like, hey, we're in. Exactly what I thought of. Yeah. Yeah. I want to see a guy kind of like just, just barely moving a little bit there with some yeah, money. Some, just back some and like... forth and then someone talking. <laughs> great so we're told that rikishi and, T- and scotty too hotly finally finally get a shot at the basham brothers tag titles they got Which, beat up before their match last week i don't know how long i've been waiting for this but it's been quite some time so that's it is one of those things you're retribution it's like do you guys want people to turn the show off right away they're just kind of like here's a batch of this match and you're like next first thing we're gonna say like okay i think the nfl is on thursdays now isn't it let's see let me yeah, navigate there let's see what else is on um now there is a match that's definitely gonna happen and i'm gonna give you a significant look to uh the the, the uh folks at home listening to the show that match will definitely happen but first we've got uh paul Heyman in the ring on the mic and he makes some gambling references vis-a-vis the royal rumble he says he's set 
to make some matches be tonight. They're going to be qualifiers for the Royal Rumble. But before he can tell us about those matches, out comes John Cena. Now, Alex, when you saw his jersey, did you did you figure it out right away? Did you have to look into it? Did you get a good look at what his retro jersey was? Because we're in Connecticut. We're in New England here. We we are. And 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 the Connecticut-New England connection is, is tenuous. I mean, they're right on the verge of being half and half between New England and New York. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, no, I didn't. Uh, last name on the jersey is Rucker? Yeah, it says Reggie Rucker. It is a BU jersey. He's a famed mm. college wide receiver for them. Kind of a, a, pr- a pretty deep cut. I think he was in the NFL, but I think he's one of those guys that really peaked in college. And if you're a BU uh, you know, supporter at the time, you would probably look at the crop of wide receivers and you'd have some old guy in the crowd in the stands being like, he's no Reggie Rucker, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. I kick run. That's fair. So that's what he's wearing. So seen as good I've ever seen on the field, Reggie. Easy. He's, oh, you should have seen his four. He's 40. It's great numbers. Uh, so Cena, Cena kind of introduced himself in this episode by being like, essentially giving everyone watching the chance to be like, look, I'm going to be annoying tonight. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do a number of things that are irritating. Yeah. He starts by doing, he does like, he quote unquote sprays Heyman with some sh- spray. Mm-hmm. And I, don't know if this, I don't know if this is like a reference to something at the time, if it was some sort of like, was that in the most recent Soul Plane? Was it in Malibu's uh, <laughs> Most Wanted? I just don't know. Like it's, I don't know where it fits in with that whole that whole vibe. I, I can tell you that did not immediately ring a bell for me, like the Reggie Rucker jersey. So I, I don't know. Couldn't yeah. tell you. Uh, so Cena goes on to make some dumb toilet humor jokes, but he also makes exactly you know, what I wrote. Yeah, he also makes his uh, the, the the kind of the decent but obvious you bounce checks in ECW jokes uh, to Paul Heyman. Taz, Taz says, "I had one of those. They suck." So it was nice to get Taz's little <laughs> legit shoot input on that. Yeah, Taz, are you are you are you even from ECW? Like, I feel like you should at least like you know like launder some money from Heyman's salary if that's the case. Like, you I should do be feel out. Like Taz has outkicked whatever coverage he had in terms of his wrestling longevity, to be honest. And the fact he's he's still doing commentary today, which is what's wild about it. It's that he's right, like 20 w? years later. Yeah, he's, he's yeah, out there so. and, do, and, and equipping himself well, I will say that, uh, or equating himself, anyway, equipping himself well. That's what I want to say. Sure. Uh, I'm sure he's One well equipped. I'm sure he's got a, you know, he's got a suit he needs, but he does he does well enough for himself. So Cena asked the crowd if, he wants, if they want to see him beat up Paul Heyman. Which is, for some reason, there's no, uh, he, he has no concerns about what the consequences of what it means to attack his own boss. No. And the show does not, they're not being like, oh man, he could get fired. They're just being like, ah, maybe we'll beat him up. Like, why is, this GM has absolutely no protection. by applause meter, basically, is what he's going to do. Pretty much. And so he goes to hit the FU on Paul Heyman, but out from the crowd comes Rhino, who knocks down Cena from behind. And Rhino belly to belly suplexes Cena, and then he gores him. Uh, Rhino, you know, famously when the, the last ECW World Champion, when they, on, on that brand at least, they've, they they mm-hmm. went on after this to do all sorts of ECW stuff. And I recently said on the podcast, you know, I I wanted Rhino to be a Heyman's hired gun. He was being a cowardly heel, and I'm like, oh, here it is. And also, since I've seen these shows 20 years ago, yes. I have to imagine that at some point I'm like, I wish he was doing this, and it's like, yeah, he does do that. Yeah, <laughs> That's what you, that is you what want happens. reality. You want things to happen that do happen. It's good. So we Heyman, go from there. Heyman so. screams gore, picks up the live mic and screams gore right in right. Which is face. He is allowed to do that. Yeah, That's I mean, his thing. That's his call. He's almost attacked by him. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and Cole and Taz show off the billboard at Times Square Mm-hmm. Promoting a CD of songs that was recorded by WWE wrestlers. The movie was called Originals. Yeah. Now I I had a vague memory of this after I saw this, 
And I did go on – here's what I'll say, folks. I did go on YouTube. I searched WWE Originals, and you can find the entire WWE Originals CD on there. I'm sure you can find it on your streaming service platform too. Oh, wow. Alex, you didn't seek these out, right? Please tell me you didn't seek out the CD or any of the music on there. At the time or after watching this show? After watching it, like today. No, good question. I It, it was one of those things where I was like, oh, WWE Originals, okay, I should go find that. And then I went about my day and kind of forgot until now. So I'm glad you I did. Love, I'd love to hear something about it. Oh, man. We talk about it. like, And I remember this at the do. time. This being a thing. I don't know. If, did one of us buy it? That's the real question is, did Will put down his hard-earned money for it? I feel like he's most liable to have done that. Of, of <laughs> the three of us, A, with the uh, you know cash flow that he would have had at the time, mm-hmm. I feel like would have been the best for it. And yeah. with the fandom that we had at the time, I feel like would have been very well suited for it. But I'm not sure. There were a few that I know we bought. That one does not yeah. ring a bell. There's some, yeah, there's some good ones that we, that we had. Uh, now, it's interesting about the quality of it. You know, we have Ray Mysterio come out. He's going to do some commentary for the next match. And Cole and Taz, they talk up that Ray has a song on the original CD. And Cole says, it really does kick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Michael Cole in the running for World's Whitest Man. Just about every time he gets he gets out there and tries to say anything cool. Yeah. Good uh, as him for trying. And Ray takes it as, as a compliment. But, you know, he's wounded by the fact that he said something like that. The hip really does hop on that one, Ray. Did you do so? Did you listen to any of it? No. Oh, okay. I've heard it before. I've definitely have heard like Raven Stewart's. Like, there's a Booker T one that's like barely like singing or anything. Like, it's it's really like the idea of being like it's coming from the years of the Attitude Era when they're like we could put out CDs that have the themes yeah. on them. We'd sell. We go platinum, yeah. and now they're kind of like we could have Goldust sing a song. It's like, why? Please, who who wants this? Does no does Goldust sing a song on that specific? I don't know if I remember. Okay. I think they put Cena's rap on there because his intro because he does rap on it, and so it's like, well, yeah, that's kind of an easy. You already have that one ready, yeah. So you can go for it. So Ray's here to do some commentary for JB Noble versus Tajiri. JB Noble has Nidia with him. Tajiri has Akio and Sakota. Those are his uh, his henchmen. Now, last week Nidia took JB Noble's place in a match against Tajiri because because Noble wasn't there. Unexplained. I don't think they explained it this week either. Mm-hmm. I think they're just going to ignore that from now on. Just conveniently, he wasn't around. Yeah, just whatever reason. Yeah, couldn't make it. Yeah, he was uh, he was missing for uh, plot reasons. Uh, we needed okay. the plot to progress. We wanted things to happen. Uh, so yeah, so Nidhi was in a match against Tajiri. She is currently uh, blind. She was blinded by mist from Tajiri, and so Tajiri just easily beat her because uh, she, she's not a wrestler. And like I said, she's blind. Uh, and so it's strange to me because that match was essentially for a title shot for Ray's Cruiserweight title last week. Mm-hmm. And then this week, mm-hmm. they're just going to, nah, that didn't count. We're just doing this again. <laughs> okay. I feel ripped off if I was to jury. Who's, I'm not holding them <laughs> responsible. So I don't know who is. Who's, 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 who's making them accountable for, for booking these matches? I assume it's Heyman. And nobody, I mean, the, the problem is, and we run into this again later tonight, this is heel versus heel. And that does matter in wrestling because it's like, yeah, there the are fans some, are like, there are we don't know what to do with that. Yeah. They're confused. They don't know who to cheer for. So Taz says that Ray, because, you know, Taz being like, well, Ray, you know, these one of these guys is going to face you. Uh, isn't that great? Taz says that Ray has a bird's eye view of the match. Mm. That is not true. That is not accurate. Ray is watching from the side. He's he a fan's eye view, really. Bird's eye view, he'd have to be suspended above the ring looking down. Yeah. And be, already being short, it's like the opposite. He's got, I don't know what that would be. Right. He's got the worm's eye view. Worm's eye view. He's half of the dirt. View. Yeah. Exactly. So Taz keeps saying, Taz keeps insinuating that Ray has an eye for Nidia, trying to justify Jamie Noble's reaction to Ray last week, because last week, Jamie Noble, uh, you know, Ray was with helping Nidia after her match. Uh, Noble came out to kind of like, stop, hey, Ray, I got this, and he attacked it from in front. 
Uh, and uh, so, yeah, Taz is trying to be like, hey, man, you, you know, you're into her. And Ray's like, nope, no, I'm not. Almost to the point of being almost being like, I don't know if he's having a good time with that as like a Yeah, a I don't know what Taz was going for here. It was more, you know, not light jostling. It was more like 60 minutes grilling. And you're just like, what? Is, what? Yeah. It's like, Leslie, stall back off. Okay. Yeah, like, I okay, got to <laughs> relax here. What is this, that movie with Al Pacino? Yeah, I came um, to a woman's rescue. Yeah. She was in danger. That's it. The other problem is that Ray has Ray on camera has had his family there more than once. Yeah. So joking that Ray's not a family man is a little bit not fun because it's like, well, he's we know he's got a family. He's been on on the air and everything. So it's not even yeah. fun for that. Like for not fans. Even, like, in character, can we pretend that this would be the case? But here we right. are. Right. So, yeah, the crowd to show their listlessness of this being a heel versus heel match between Jamie Noble and Tajiri, the crowd start, tr- starts chanting USA. I guess they're being like, oh, I mean, that guy, you know, beat up fan favorites. But, yeah, at least he's American. That's good. Uncas Phil at its finest. That's right. So Akio runs over and grabs Nidhi at one point, uh, which Cole yells about. He's very un- unimpressed with that. And so Noble goes after Akio, and Rey Mysterio pops up from his chair to get rid of Sakota, the other henchman. But then Noble takes Rey and tosses him into the barricade. So we have people interfering all over the place, mm-hmm. and it ends with Rey, who trying to you know protect Nidhi in a way, ends up getting smacked to a barricade. Doesn't let Taz's chirping take over what is a very chivalrous response in my in my right. opinion right he's not even yeah. being like he's not even that kind of feeling that like oh, i should really you know just to prove it i won't let him protect her yeah. doesn't do it or get beat up so tajiri goes for pescado dive on noble to the outside of the ring but noble pulls nidia in front of the diving tajiri and she gets wiped out by him <laughs> which is kind of funny because in a way you think that well if tajiri just landed on the ground it would hurt more than him landing on nidia that's true he could have just pushed nidia out of the way and yeah everyone would have been fine except tajiri who was, yes. fall was cushioned by Nidia. By the, yes, by the 24-year-old woman on the ground. Yeah. Uh, and so uh, Michael Cole flips his lid about Nidia getting attacked again. And he's, he's yelling more. Cole is going for the yells here. And then uh, we go back in the ring. Noble hits the jury with a tiger bomb, and he gets the one, the two, and the three. So Jamie Noble will face Ray at the Royal Rumble, which makes more sense because Ray actually has a beef with Noble as opposed to last week with Jerry got the title match again which <laughs> so is like, really why this match didn't need to have like hey it's the yeah. three minutes maybe i think i timed it as like maybe three and a half bell to bell yeah. but also the game was a pretty much foregone conclusion the fact that there was already that feud going on and obviously this happens all the time but still you're just like okay that happened exactly as it as it should have and there's there's no surprises there yeah, this match but was three. Also, minutes. Paul Heyman at the beginning of the show says all the winners are going into the Royal Rumble. So you're like, does he go in the Royal Rumble too, or is that separate from this clause? Interesting. Yeah, is he talking? Was he talking only about the qualifying match at the time or not? I don't That's know. That's hard to well, say. Um, no match outside of the main event of the show goes over four minutes long. Yeah, I got that feeling. Yeah. Was, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they go substantial to the main event, but it's true. So we take yeah. a look at the Rhino Cena scuffle from earlier today. And then we have uh, Paul Heyman out again. He's elected to stand on Rey Mysterio's little pop-up set on the left side of the arena. A genuinely an odd choice. Yeah. I didn't know where he was at first. I, I couldn't. I was like, oh, it's a nice little podium they built you there, pal. It's nice. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ray, when there's an actual elevated set, he used to pop out from it. But I don't think they've done that in, like, probably months and months. Mm. And so now he gets, like, a little uh, SmackDown set-looking thing. So Heyman is there. And Heyman says, look, everyone agrees John Cena has a language problem. And the crowd boos him. And Heyman espouses the kind of the whole, what about the youth of America idea, concerned about the way Cena talks and the language he uses. 
Uh, and he says, if Cena loses his match against Rhino later, he'll have his mouth washed out with soap. And if Cena wins, Paul Heyman will have his mouth washed out with soap. Pretty good deal for Rhino, who, win or lose, not involved Soapless. in soaping. Yeah. Soapless. Yeah, he's a body I, wash guy. Now, here's the thing that annoyed me about this. Because, okay, obviously, Paul Heyman, Rhino, they're from ECW, right? Mm-hmm. These guys who, they are the the forerunners of the Attitude Era, if you could, if you want to look at like, oh man, look at the youth of America, you could at least find some sort of germ, some genesis in what they were doing. Yes. And so it's like, okay, as a relatively you know plugged in wrestling fan, all I would have liked would be for Cole to be like, he was from ECW, like like kind of like play up the hypocrite thing, play up yeah. the Paul Heyman is a BS artist. He's like he's saying this stuff, but he does not believe it because it adds another layer of like Paul. Because in this case, like. You know, Paul Heyman is some sort of moralist. And we're like, well, that's not believable, but you're not pointing out that that's not believable. Mm-hmm. So I'm just kind of feel dumb that I, I'm not supposed to know that. Like, and maybe that's too much, that's expecting too much of fans, but I kind of like, I just like the idea more so of like, oh, Paul Heyman's kind of a politicker, or he's like, he's, yeah, he's just kind of, he's saying whatever it is to get at the Cena of it all. Cause they're right. trying to do a, a Vince Austin kind of thing with Cena and, and Heyman here again, even though it's the execution is, I would say, lacking. Subpar. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's not, it's not great. I mean, it's not. He's not a right to censor guy. There's not really any reason why he's then putting his own mouth on the line with the soap. It's kind of just like, okay, like I get it. You're, you're yeah. putting yourself out there. I appreciate it. It's not just one-sided. It's two-sided. But, you know, it's historic, Matt. I don't know if I'd ever, and I don't want to jump on your list of, you know, wash your mouth out with soap matches i'm sure you have pages of them but this i think being the first that's i mean cole cole promote promotes it as the first ever first wash ever. your mouth out with soap match that's exactly how he says it yeah uh, i think there's probably different few different phrases of it uh throughout the night but it's talked about as if it's like as if we have fans on our couch are like finally yes. finally somebody gets the christmas story punishment yes Exactly. Like this is this also weirdly like retro thing to do, right? Like I'll wash your mouth out with soap. This is straight up, it, you know, it's straight up out of 1952. Straight up out of 1952. Straight out of, uh, I believe Macho Man does say that about Hulk Hogan in his uh, Hulk Hogan rap. Uh, wash your be mouth a man Hogan. Yeah, be a man Hogan. Uh, right. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I'll find I think a contemporaneous rap, it. by the way. Yeah. It at, at this of, time. Uh, I don't know. I want to quote Michael Cole, but it kicks. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to put, put, put Bimmy Manhogan on real quick here. Oh, man. So, when Matt, have, have yes. you ever had your mouth uh, washed out with soap? That's a great question. I don't feel like it was a go-to for our parents. It might have no. been. I, we guys, I don't think it was with us. Um, I would think even the, even the phrase, wash your mouth out with soap, you know, mm-hmm. it does imply a certain uh, amount of water, kind of almost implies dish soap, I would argue. I'm thinking of almost a liquid soap would make more sense. Um, yes. And it seems it seems unpleasant, and it seems memorable, and I feel like it's probably not something that, that the parents of today would go with. Not no, no judgment, no cast on the parents of yesteryear, but I feel like that kind of thing, uh, it has more of a lingering memory and less in the sense of, ah, now I won't swear more of like ah now i have a grudge against my parents i don't even know if i had any friends who did this or like had any like do you know any did anybody in your life like oh man i had my mouth washed out with soap no no yeah. and and like the christmas story punishment it's not so much that anyone's had their mouth washed with soap it's that they've held soap in their mouth there's no scrubbing there's no suds. 
Uh, I'm sure it's unpleasant. One, I believe, could get soap poisoning. I don't know how true that is. Oh, boy, okay. Specifically with Life Buoy. Um, But no, I have not, nor do I know anyone who's had their mouth washed out with soap. Well, tonight, keep watching. You will. We'll see. We see see footage from last week's Street Fight main events, which did not have a soap-adjacent or soap-associated gimmick with it. This is when Harker Holly beat Big Show by wrapping his neck around his chair and making him tap out, which is kind of an intense thing to do, uh, which I I enjoyed as a finish of the main event. And uh, we go to the interview area, and Big Show is there. He's surrounded by police officers, and he's wearing a neck brace. And Josh Matthews asks about the cops, and Big Show says he has a 50-foot restraining order against Harcourt Holly. And then Brock Lesnar walks up. He says he's going to be with Big Show all night to make sure he's safe, which is ostensibly for Big Show's safety, but it's obviously a sign that Brock Lesnar is a scaredy cat here. I have to assume if you have a 50-foot restraining order against a co-worker, I think HR has got to get involved. Like, we should have, like, some sort of pencil pusher kind of following around, too, being like, can we get a statement? Can we look into this? Can I have access to your email? Right? Like, I think it should all be factored in. Yeah, there should be – that is a workplace assault, and there, there's a lot more done to this point. If you had a restraining order on a coworker, I imagine yeah. your work would intervene in some way. Yeah, um, I think so. And, hey, I have the hindsight of it now being – well, I won't give away the year. I don't want to say when this was recorded. But, you know, 20 years ago-ish, give or take six or seven years, you know, I feel like that was the same thing. I feel like, life, you know, things haven't changed that much. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Uh, I'm also thinking, like, th- that kind of restraining order, the whole, like, 50-foot thing, is a very uh, very pop culture thing to do, right? It's a very much the – like, I think there's an episode of Community, I believe, where I think believe Chang and whatever the name of uh, John Oliver's character is, there might have been some sort of restraining order thing where – Professor Duncan. Thank you. Professor You're Ian welcome. Duncan, as I recall. Yeah, yeah. Well right. done. I remember, yeah, Jeff Winger was told told him that he had to, he got his law degree from Columbia, and he said, "Now I got to get one from America." Yeah, <laughs> good line yeah. from the from the pilot. Good line. That show stands up. That is from the pilot. Yeah, it's true. Uh, so we have a video package next showing us what happened when Los Guerreros lost the Basham brothers last week. Eddie was attacked by the Bashams after the match, and Chavo just sat by and watched it happen before coming into the ring after the Bashams left, and he beat up on Eddie himself. Uh, this video is it's all desaturated. Oh, it's yeah. kind of like this warmy, like kind of high pitch music. Um, Taz says, I don't get it. Doesn't understand what happened. Well, does Chavo sit there? He 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 pulls up a chair. It's like oh, yeah. one one upping it where it's like, he yeah, sits he just sat there. there to nothing. He's like, no, I was standing. I got a chair, set it up and then sat there. I didn't intervene. I sat my ass down and watched. Yeah, yeah. Exact opposite. So. Yeah. Anyway, that's last week. There's one of the kind of the big angles going on. Arguably yeah. one of the biggest storylines kind of happening right now, because if you were to kind of to assign like what kind of matters, the Cena Heyman thing obviously is really important. It's going to have a main event involvement. Um, you know, hardcore Holly against Brock Lesnar, important, but not really as mentioned the last few weeks. We're not seeing as much, you know, energy putting put into this. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Chavo Eddie stuff, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of time tonight, especially. Yeah. I mean, hey, they they were they're a tight crew for for a while there, and then all of a sudden Chavo turns. So we gotta we gotta give it some credence here. We gotta talk about it. So Kurt Angle walks in the SmackDown locker room in the back. He finds Eddie Guerrero and he pulls up a chair. Mm-hmm. And Kurt and Kurt says Chavo won't be here tonight, but there's another Guerrero family member who would who would like to be here to apologize to Eddie for Chavo's actions. That's Chavo's dad, Chavo Senior, who is Eddie's older brother. Uh, Kurt says he heard that Eddie versus Chavo is made for the Royal Rumble, or at least it's like talked about. I, I, don't, I don't know. Somebody later on is like, oh, is that actually happening? Um, <laughs> but also that means that Eddie and Chavo can't be in the Rumble now. 
And uh, Kurt says he must be happy about this. And Eddie says Kurt doesn't know what Eddie wants. He doesn't want to beat up Chavo. And uh, what Eddie wants is for Kurt to stay out of his business. So, you know, there's Kurt is presuming that there is that Eddie's like, yeah, let's kick some ass. And Eddie's like, no, I don't want to beat up my my nephew. I'm heartbroken by this, essentially. Why is Kurt so involved in this storyline? Great question. No idea. <laughs> Two weeks like, ago. He knows more than Eddie that Eddie's uncle is going to be there. And you're, just, you're not a an authority of any kind, right? Right. Well, it was He's last a... week or the week before. When the SmackDown had this bizarre ending where Eddie and Chavo, they have this like they, they come like head to head. That was two weeks ago. Mm. And uh, they get separated by Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle just comes out like, why is he here? And they take a commercial break. They come back. Colin Taz talk about it. And they go off the air. And I was like, what is happening? It was very yeah. weird. Kurt is starting himself here. Yeah. Again, the guy, guys just kind of be like, hey, I have I want to kind of control the actions here of other people. Let's get in there. Figure I it don't out. really have a storyline right now. So I'm just going to guide this one along. Yeah. Also, presumably not healthy enough because, you know, b- between him and other question, we see later on, I think there's uh, they do some random video for house shows that recently happened. I think uh, Kurt is doing some uh, special refereeing. So yes. I'm like, yeah, Kurt's not Kurt's not well, or at least we're not going there. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Um, we're going to go. <laughs> it's, but he'll be in the rumble in a couple weeks. So I guess we're going to find out and see what it is. Okay. OK, so next up, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati are going up against the Basham Brothers for the WWE Tag Team Championship. I'm, I'm, I have this like Pavlovian response. I'm salivating as they come down the aisle. Like, let's see some work rate. (laughs) I'm into this. Two thirds of too cool. Is that what they're called? That's it. Yeah. 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 For some reason, I don't know why they're being precious about the name too cool. They don't call them that. They always call them Rikishi and Scotty too. Yes. Yes. Which is way too many syllables. Yeah, it is. It's too much. It's too much to write, guys. Just to be honest with you, I write S2H. I do need a miracle too. It works better for me. Yeah. No, that's way better. Uh, so we see what happened last week uh, when the two members of Too Cool stupidly let the Bashams attack them from behind while Shaniqua distracted them. One of the most obvious ways you can distract somebody by having someone else come out from the entrance where you go, huh, what? And if you're not turning around in that moment, you're a fool because someone is attacking from behind. Yeah, I do. That does get actually called out at some point where it's like, yeah, Michael Cole's just like, yeah, they're looking at the entrance, which is how wrestlers typically <laughs> enter the ring. Like, thank you for that clarifying statement michael cole that, that he, is how wrestlers typically come down he says yeah. he says how they traditionally enter the yes room, pardon me which is even funnier to me and he's like he's like, he's explaining to us all we're just kind of like these men are they're they are gladiators they are they are embracing the sport of kings where you mm-hmm. stand in the ring and you watch the entrance and you see the tradition the, the pageantry as they come toward you <laughs> and for someone to transgress that to go against it how disgusting an action yeah yeah and this this great thing we have but then all of a sudden, before anybody else can come out, here comes Don Marie. Don Marie has been kind of a uh, you know associated with Paul Heyman in recent weeks. She says there won't be a tag match tonight. Instead, this is going to be a Royal Rumble qualifying match between the two men in the ring, Rikishi and Scotty Tuhati, uh, B- Blood Brothers. This is um yeah. First of all, my saliva is wasted off of you know Don. the excitement that I had. It's gone. My mouth is arid. All of a it's sudden, dry. I got a desert. Am... Yeah, I'm 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 aghast at, at, at what has been put forward here. The the rug pulled out clean yeah. from underneath us here. Yeah. And so yeah, we got Rikishi, and this is a trick they definitely won't use again tonight. They're not no, gonna, this is the uh, only time, which I'm glad <laughs> that they didn't do this again. <laughs> uh, so yeah, we got Rikishi against Scotty Tuhati in a Royal Rumble qualifying match. Uh, the boys they start look off at each, each other. 
really they don't want to fight they don't, they're, yeah they're they're partners now it is funny watching this because I'm, I'm like okay if i was gonna have to like fight somebody to want to fight i don't think i would do a lot of strikes you know i think i would do a lot of holds i would try to slam some people but if i had, like it was like me and my friend we were forced to fight mm. i wouldn't be like okay i'm gonna punch you in the face six times but like, that's really aggressive to do your yeah fight. just start swinging yeah, like like, haymakers. Like, no, all right, that's not the right strategy. Yeah, you land one of those. It's like we didn't have a beef before. We do now. That's yeah. what happened there. Now, Rikishi smacks Scotty Tuhati, and Scotty Tuhati hits him. So I think there's a little bit like kind of build that in where there's the the enmity that comes out of it. And so uh, Scotty Tuhati just gets hit by a savat kick. Rikishi drags him to the corner. He bonsai drops him for the win. He just jumps. He just <laughs> caves in his tag team partner's chest to get a spot in the Royal Rumble. So good job, Rikishi. You won. Yeah, not a lot of uh, suspense to that one. Yeah, not really. It, it ended the way it should have. If they made it a more competitive match, although if you're Rikishi and you defeat your tag team partner that quickly, you may want to consider maybe I need a new tag team partner because this is not really, <laughs> it's not really working out for me. That'd be a great heel to. They had to do something like that, and he was just like, "Man, I handled you easily. Like that was that was embarrassing out there. Yeah, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna go Brian Christopher up. Basics here. Come on. Yeah. Good grief. Uh, so we get a special graphic for the wash out your mouth with soap match, mm-hmm. which includes a wall of bars of soap. They are labeled soap, which is helpful. There's another bar of soap in the front with a big old bite out of it. Big <laughs> Why is this? It's, I don't even know what to do with this. I, I, I appreciate the effort of someone putting that together. They um, are so excited about doing that. They, they talk about wow. this. Like we're like, we've been clamoring for this for weeks. We've been like, when's someone going to want, like, when's this going to happen? Please. Be like hell in a cell, right? Hey, we'll use, you know, make the graphic because we're going to be doing these matches all the time. All the time. Yeah. Constantly. It's like a kiss my foot match between, you know, Jerry the King Lawler and uh, Bret Hart. How great would it be? You know, they have done uh, like raw roulette and things before where they have, or spin a wheel, make a deal. Yeah. I would love them to do one of those. But do it on matches that have only kind of happened once. Kiss my foot. Wash your mouth out with soap. Yeah. Um, uh, first, uh, mother daughter, mother versus stepmother versus stepdaughter uh, fight between Don Marie and Tori Wilson. That's a father daughter match. Vince McMahon against Stephanie McMahon. Exactly. Hey, there you go. Um, it's different variations. Rick Flair and Charlotte Flair, I guess, would be like pretty much your only option. Yeah. Closest, but if Rick. I mean, by the time this comes out, Rick will have already tied. Would have. Uh, I really hope he didn't die in his last match. Did you, do you know about this, Alex? That Rick Flair is having one last match despite having a heart condition no i did not know that but yeah <clears throat> so folks if anything happened to rick flair in the time <laughs> of recording this and it coming out we're, we are sorry it's yes. a dark thing to think about but it this is unintentional at this point rick flair is still walking among us wooing probably gonna marry a fifth sixth eighth woman um possibly get canceled again rick flair got canceled got kind of like uncanceled by time people feel comfortable moving on I guess, yeah people are just like eh, what are you gonna? he's gonna die soon anyway like he's the nature boy. Yeah, come on. Like, all right, but nature boys will be nature boys after all. Mm-hmm. Um, Buddy Rogers, Ric Flair, are the two of them, as far as I know. Yeah, it's true. See, the, okay, the weird thing about this match, the the amount, the soap match, you could call it simply. You know, it, and I mentioned earlier the lack of star power is here. Okay, you get seen in the main event. He's never won a, a title of any kind. Uh, Kurt Angle's around. He's like recovering from something, like we said. Chris Benoit shuffling around the mid card, waiting. He's not even really on the show. Uh, until later. Uh, Brock isn't really wrestling, and Eddie's wrapped up in this emotional feud, but it's this mid-card feud. So there's mm-hmm. all sorts of bodies you could be putting in these bigger spots, and instead we're left with, like, it's just, yeah, it's just, it, you feel it. And it feels I did like write this down in retrospect, where I was like, okay, you're SmackDown. You, you already, not that you lack star power, but you lack kind of those, those traditional, you know. People. You gotta get to it. 
You gotta climb and up then, to so it, right? You gotta you use who you have. You have Curry, yeah. you have Chris, you have Brock. None of the none of which are used in any and Eddie in, in any way. Uh yeah. any strong way anyway, I should say, as as a wrestling fan. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little, little disappointing. Yeah, it's not great. So no, that's our main event. And then we we get some footage here from recent house shows. I have no right. idea why they do this. I guess Kalamazoo, like, Michigan. Saginaw. Yeah, Saginaw. The other yeah. one in between. Bianca Stills of Michigan, as we called it. That's right. Seen as Def Ewing a guy at one point. Some kids were doing the worm with Rikishi and Scotty Too Hotty. Uh, I think this is like a mom being like, oh, my kid danced with Scotty Too Hotty and Rikishi in the ring. Well, let's let's really tell the people <laughs> what happened doing the worm because basically what Scotty <laughs> right. Too Hotty does is what Brock Lesnar does to Charles Robinson. He just kind of picks the kid up by his belt and then puts him back on the ground and then picks him up and puts him back down. There's yes. no dancing done. It's no true. worming of any kind if I'm being... And I don't really want to be this guy, but there was no dancing. There's no dancing. It's, it's no. true. Yeah. Uh, and it's, it's funny to look it. look at these. And I find these live shows look really low rent. You know, they're 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 <laughs> happening <laughs> in darkness. There's no like because yeah. now they have they have screens that people wrestlers come out from. There's better mm-hmm. lighting. If you ever see mm-hmm. something, like, hey, here's something that happened on a house show. You're like, okay, that actually looks okay. But this looks podunk. There's not a lot if you're. And what I imagine the idea behind this is let's get people excited for the live events that aren't necessarily television tapings. Right. I would say this commercial, this little segment did not do that for me. It was just like, that looks grody. Like we want to go to Moncton or PEI and see these things, which is exactly how I did. But right. looking back now, it just does not look all that enviable. Yeah. I'm not looking at that being like, I got to bring my kids to this event. Even though we, well, we went to pretty much everyone we could within a yeah, 200 time. mile radius. Big time. So then we got a, uh, an actual tag title match here. We got the Basher Brothers against the world's greatest tag team for the WWE tag titles. Uh, before that, of course, we get so sponsors. Gonna, yes. Yeah. yeah. Oh, no, you go. You go. I, this is. Okay. Good. This is important. Uh, <laughs> we, a first sponsor. Of course, we, we, we're we used to seeing these guys around, of course. Yeah. the. Office of National Drug Control Policy with mm-hmm. their tagline, marijuana is more harmful than you think. I always see that and think, I think it's maybe a little less harmful than they think at this time. But yeah. I think it's the way to think about it. Also, Castrol TTX in the film You Got Served, which mm-hmm. is rated PG-13. You got, I'm realizing now, Alex, what I usually do uh, is I like to look at how these movies did. You got served, how it did at the box office. So box office-wise? Yeah, I'm just going to pull it up. I mean, I don't know how it did um, this, how it did. Okay, so it opened to $16 million. It made $50 million worldwide off a budget of eight. That's a that's a hit when you're doing an $8 million movie. weekend, you got served, doubled its budget. Yeah. Wow. And that's a Screen Gems picture. So this is not a, this is not a major studio picture either. So... Um, they did well. They did well for themselves, and they're they're releasing this kind of, um, uh, you know, kind of January here that came out, kind of just after the Royal Rumble. So anyway, mm-hmm. you got served. Good for them. Did they do sequels to this? Uh, seems like something that would be, you know, potentially straight to video. There's like six step up movies, so they waited something s- to that that vein. They waited. I see that I, when I hear you got served, I think step up. Uh, which is not the same movie at all. No, you got served as very much dance battley type thing. Mm-hmm. Um, um, I th- it looks like they made a straight to DVD version uh, in 2011 called "You Got Served Beat the World," starring Lil C. Uh, and it's just a, a fully Canadian production. I think they 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 shot Toronto for Detroit was the their move there. So 
That's I'll too tell bad. you this. None of yeah. that is surprising to me. Not one <laughs> part of that sentence even did I raise an eyebrow. It's like that all makes a lot of sense. Yeah. No, Alex, what were you going to say before I jumped into the sponsors? So, like, if you're the Bashams, what's happening? Like, you last week you were supposed to fight Rikishi and Scotty Duhati. This week you're supposed to fight Rikishi and Scotty Duhati. All of a sudden you're fighting. Did we say who they're fighting? World's greatest tag World's team. World's greatest tag team. Um, just I didn't want to spoil it for anybody. And so what's going on in their lives? Are you getting prepped for it? I'm sure you're watching tape, you know, gotta see right. what their offense is like. So I feel like that's a as 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 tag champions, I'm I'm going out there, I'm defending my belt. Um, but you know, I just feel like it's a little unfair to them, and we're not even really touching on that part. I think it was like four weeks ago they said next week Rikishi versus and Scotty Tohati are gonna face the Basham brothers, and instead they had a fatal four-way match. I'm going to have to be on the podcast next week because otherwise, if I don't get to see this match, I, I will I will live in a life unfulfilled. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna see what happens here. Okay. Okay. Um. So yeah, the the will the thing I will say though is that the world's greatest tag team beat Los Guerreros and Los Guerreros got a title shot and I was like that's very unfair. But now they get their title shot, so at least I feel better that if there's some sort of unofficial ranking system, the world's greatest tag team are moving up the spot. Okay, that's fair. Um. So for some reason, Taz gets on the mic here. Uh, Taz has a little, a little <laughs> bug in his ear for some reason. I'm very, yeah, very. Never happened, happened before. No. Taz gets on the mic. He says, yeah, "That's right." And Paul Heyman, he says, "Paul Heyman's on my headset." He says, "This match is not for the tag titles. It's for two spots in the Royal Rumble." Um, so okay, if you're in a match tonight, that match is changing, or you, there's going to be something to it, guys. So just let's get used to it here. Uh, so yeah. Uh, so Shelton ends up on the apron, and he's no longer in a title match, which I guess he has to be fine with, which is too bad. Um, so Shaniqua pulls him off and tries to kick him, but he blocks it, and he gets whacked from inside the ring. Uh, and the worst Chris tag team, I'm watching this, and this is, sorry, again, heels versus heels. This is going to be my question to you. I was like, there's no way there's a, a face in this match. No, there's not. Yeah. The worst Chris yeah. tag team are acting like the faces here because Shelton ends up being the baby face in peril, and then Charlie gets mm. a hot tag. He runs wild. He's throwing off drop kicks and back body drops. He gets a roll up. Uh, and then Shelton uh, super kicks the Basham, and Charlie Haas gets a jackknife cover. Get the one, two, three, and Shelton Benjamin and Charlie Haas are going to the Royal Rumble. Mm-hmm. Um, Again, under under four minutes for that. Yeah, three fifty nine. So okay. just under oh, the yeah, just I felt comfortable minutes. saying under four minutes. Yeah, uh, I feel like the crowd got a pretty good reaction for it. I mean, it's six thousand people. Uh, I didn't seem sweetened to me, but they did. I think they liked it. But uh, at least I at the end, I think that yeah. the world greatest tag team, like they're just like they're crisp. And they're, oh yeah, they move quick, and you're just like, yeah, this is kind of what I want out of this. And a nice little super kick from uh, from Shelton. Yeah. And who and wants he, to see the Bashams win anything? No offense. Who wants to see the Bashams? Period. Like, just I don't. They're, yeah. Yeah. No good. I will say uh, Shelton is really good at however he's getting that sound of that super kick, whether it's mm-hmm. a real Chris thigh slap, like. It always does a lot to for the crowds. I was like, oh, because it sounds like he just absolutely cracked him in front of yeah, them. Yeah. Like, sounds like he took a guy's head off. It's amazing. Um, Danny, I can't remember which. Yeah, I, I I've gone with the same thing and said a Basham. Okay, I, yeah, I, I, I've got away with that. Yeah. Uh, Kurt Angle is hanging out with a seamstress in the back. Don't know why. Uh, when a production guy comes up and tells Kurt that uh, Chavo Guerrero's dad is here, he just pulled up. And so we we take a break. When we get back, we hear here is Chavo Guerrero Senior coming out to Chavo Junior's music, and he looks very serious in a suit. Was this always Chavo's music, by the way? Chav, he's I think, always been Los Guerrero's. He, he's had that his debut as a heel entrance sort of, right? Yeah, when he was, because I think he had it when like last week or something like that, 
And even the Titantron he had, it was his old one from WCW, where it's like mm. it's featuring all sorts of WCW stuff. And so I presume it's just one they poured it over. I could be yeah. wrong about that, but it seems like it's just there's like evil Chava music. Yeah, right so like, yeah, here's it. Put in the heel music. Let's slow it down three beats. And <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Let's go. There it is. We all know what we're doing here. Well, Eddie's his uncle. Yeah, sorry. Uh, Eddie's your uncle. <laughs> so Chavo Sr., he's Eddie's brother. Um, do you want to do you know how the age difference between uh, Chavo Sr. and Eddie is? Uh, I couldn't tell you off the top of my head. It is yep. visually, visibly significant. Uh, seeing that Chavo is Eddie's nephew and their age difference is only like maybe two or three years. Two Seems three. like it. Yeah. Uh, so if I was to guess, do you have it in front of you? I do. If I'm to guess, I'll say 22 years, 18. But good guess. But eighteen, yeah. Eddie was Eddie was a was a late addition to the uh, the Gory was the Gory Guerrero family. I think it was his his father went by Gory Guerrero. Yeah. Um, so eighteen years difference. He's got there's another brother Hector Guerrero actually also known as um, I think he was the gobbledygooker I think, um, but also a, a legendary Spanish wrestler uh, uh, Mexican wrestler. I thought uh, like Terry Taylor was the gobbledygooker. No, see Terry Taylor had the gimmick where he was a rooster. Oh, okay. Yeah, see? A okay. very understandable thing. <laughs> Pardon me. I apologize. Me. So that could be another, you know, the gooker against the rooster, and that could be quite a... I want to see a red rooster. Let's, let's get out of after it. So Chavo Sr. says he's ashamed of Chavo Jr., and he wants to apologize to Eddie, so he calls him out. And apologies for all the Chavo Sr., Chavo Jr. stuff, but I can't help it, folks. That's their yeah. names, and that's what they talk about on the show. Uh, so out comes Eddie. He's walking out slowly, a bit apprehensive. Um... And he's asking, hey, did, did Chavo Jr. Send, send you out here, Chavo Sr.? And Eddie asks, you know, hey, did you raise your son to be like this? And like, I know you didn't. So why are you here apologizing? Why are you taking, why are you taking the blame considering that he's it? And this is like, this is kind of a weird dynamic, right? That whole thing of like the idea that your father can apologize for you, a, a grown ass man. And Chavo mm -hmm. is a very grown man in this situation. Yeah, there's no, you know, minority, you know, he's not a minor. He can, he can answer yeah. for himself, you think. Strange thing. Uh, and so Chavo Sr. says, look, Chavo Jr. should be here, and uh, we're told he's not here. But then Chavo's music plays, and out comes Chavo Jr. Which is the same music that Chavo Sr. came out to. That's right. Yes. Uh, so Chavo Jr. stands outside the ring, and Chavo Sr. is trying to talk to Eddie. And when Eddie has his back turned, looking at Chavo Jr., Chavo Sr. attacks Eddie from behind. His own flesh and blood. Both Chavos attack Eddie in the ring, and they are now at odds. he's now at odds with his nephew and his brother. And so Chavo Sr. holds Eddie's arms behind his back, and Chavo attacks Eddie. And finally, after weeks of seeing Eddie get beat up by Chavo uh, exclusively, someone comes out. Kurt Angle runs out, and he comes to save Eddie. And uh, we're just, you know, we can just safely assume no one in Eddie's family can be trusted from what, yeah. what this is. Uh, and this is the debut of someone who would go on to be known as Chavo Classic. This is uh, uh, how he be styled on the air. Chavo Sr. not going away from WWE television after this time. He yeah. sticks around for a while. Interesting. He doesn't so totally like I obviously I recognized him, but he didn't yeah. totally ring a bell. I will say Kurt Angle's save just comprises of him sliding into the ring. Yes, he just he's comes not, in and he's, they, he's they, not clearing house or anything. He slides into the ring, the Chavos disperse, and yeah. Kurt Angle's pants look really comfy, is, is what I will say. Yeah, I I think he does look comfortable as well. He looks oh, quite good. Super comfy. Um, yeah, so Chavo Classic, would go on, he goes on to become a cruiserweight champion, uh, which is kind of a wild to think about. He's the oldest cruiserweight champion. 
I have no memory of this. Yeah, no, I know. I think we might have been. I think we were fading at that point, Alex, when we were I feel watching. Like deservedly there. so is why I don't. Um, but it, this is later in the year. But then by by June, he's fired from WWE for no showing multiple house shows. Hmm. Uh, which is well, he saw the Kalamazoo ads and he was like, yeah, you know what? I don't need to be a part of that. Yeah, yeah. no, it's true. So uh, yeah, and he and uh, Ch- Chavo Senior, unfortunately, he's uh, passed away now at the age of sixty-eight. He died of liver cancer in twenty seventeen. Wow. Oh. So no longer among us. Hmm. RIP. And so, yeah, so we take a break. We come back. We see footage of what we just saw. And uh, and Classic. we during the break, they show that both Chavos walked away. And I was like, OK, cool. I kind of knew you didn't need to show me that. I knew that happened because <laughs> sometimes they go like, oh, they left. They, they like leave in a hurry or something. And this one is kind of like they uh, yeah, they they weren't there anymore. Thank you. They sauntered. They weren't really they too worried about it. <clears throat> They're in the casino. Yeah, I hope so. Playing slots. Uh, so next up, we have the FBI against uh, someone in a six-man tag match. And folks, oh, do you think man. this match is going to happen? Who could it possibly be? <laughs> we see footage from last week. There's this mini Royal Rumble with the FBI against Chris Benoit. Benoit eliminated all three of them. Uh, and out comes Don Marie. And the dumb FBI guys are being like, hey, what's all this about? <laughs> and uh, Don says that since Benoit last lost, say they all lost to Chris Benoit last week, there's only one spot from member of the FBI in the Royal Rumble match. So mm-hmm. they will now face each other in a battle royal starting now. So they're, they're, it's not a match. It's not a triple. It's like a, not a triple threat match. It is a battle royal. So we're we're back. We're kind of changing some rules here to make it somewhat interesting. Yeah, quite fast and loose with it all is, is what I would say. I don't know how is this. Did, did Paul Heyman mastermind this from the get go? Or is it just like, yeah, let people go to the ring and then we'll figure it out. It'll be a pinfall soap. Uh, Royal Rumble style. <laughs> I don't know. Well, the soap thing is funny because it has no, it, it has no uh, connotation. It has nothing for the rumble at all. No, yeah, right. sorry, yeah, pardon me. That's pardon a weird me. thing too. Also, not weirdly, not a factor. Now, Nunzio starts off his battle royal by ordering the other FBI guys, the other FBI guys who are wise guys, yeah. to throw themselves out since he's the leader. Um, and so Palumbo feigns leaving, and he cracks Nunzio with a punch, taking him out. And then he tries to get involved again, but he gets close line. He's absolutely crumpled. He's kind of like falling over backwards on himself. Yeah, every time, and realistically <laughs> so, every time yep. either Palumbo or Johnny the Bull hits him, he is, is, is knocked, knocked the heck out. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so Palumbo nearly eliminates Johnny Stamboli with a back body drop, but he stays on the apron. And so Nunzio comes in. He tries to suplex Stamboli. He fails. And so Chuck Palumbo comes in with a super kick. Nunzio ducks, and Stamboli gets hit with it, and he falls off, and he gets taken out. Then Nunzio dumps Palumbo right after to win and punches tickets to the Rumble match. So Nunzio is going to the Rumble, and they reluctantly make up afterward. They do make up. So good for the good for the FBI. I mean, I'm like, glad like that. that all these you know heels uh, against each other can kind of you know they can they can kind of put it all together. And if all... you ever wanted to see heel versus heel, and then heel versus heel, and heel heel versus heel, and a crappy face versus face. All in one show. Come to the January 15th, 2004 episode of SmackDown because you, you see it all. Not just heel versus heel, but also heel versus heel versus heel. Yeah. Even better. I've lost count. It's true. Yeah. I mean, I kind of like it's it's one of those things just like that you can't book a successful show this way unless you're red hot. And even then, it's, you're just you're making it hard for yourself. And again, <sighs> yeah. the, the, the talent, uh, the most talented, well, people we've seen so far, Sheldon, Charlie Haas. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. By quite a bit. Yeah, exactly. Uh, we go uh, backstage. Eddie Guerrero is on the warpath. He busts into Kurt Angle's locker room. He knocks over a chair, and he asks if Kurt was involved, and that's set up. And Eddie says, look, I don't want to fight you right now, Kurt Angle. I want to thank you. 
because now I do want to kick Chavo's ass. And the crowd is excited about that. So Eddie, who is reluctant, is now doing the thing we all wanted to see him do, which is beat up Chavo. So yes. let's go watch the Royal Rumble. Get a ticket for that. And Kurt, or- of course, has full authority to book these things, being <laughs> a person. He Well, the other week he came out and he did a very similar thing with Taz did, where she was like, hey, I was talking with Paul Heyman. He said this match is now, you know, Los Guerreros are this match now. Like, yeah, he can get away with a lot of this stuff. I don't know. I don't know. If give him like a, you know. A signed document. Commission. Give, give him some sort of title. Be like, ah, Kurt's doing this. He buddy with Paul Heyman. This happened. But just like, he just kind of somehow has ability to do these things without any explanation whatsoever. Yeah. It's not like you can't have Paul Heyman just do stuff. Just have him do stuff. Come around and do these things. Quite busy. Yeah. So. <laughs> That's it. He's going to get a lot of it. Uh, and so Funaki's in the ring. And uh, Cole and Taz have some more soap now. Um, and it's like, great, this Funaki's in the ring for his Royal Rumble qualifying match. And he's going up against Big Show. Mm-hmm. And so Big Show comes out. He's got Brock Lesnar by his side. He's got a bunch of rent-a-cops there, too. He's got his neck brace on. He's walking gingerly. And I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, Funaki, I mean, the joke here is, haha, Funaki's going to match against Big Show. But, like, Funaki, is... you got a shot, though, buddy. Like, work the neck. Yeah. Punch him in the neck, kick him in the neck, like work, work something here. You might be like, if you can get that guy on the stomach and you get a camel clutch, you're going to the rumble, sure. buddy. Oh, he's done. He's going for it. So uh, Funaki still gets tossed around, of course, yep. uh, in this match. But then we see that Hardcore Holly's up by the entrance, which we can only presume is 50 feet from the ring. I don't know if it is, but it might be. I love just the jeans shirtless look. Just like I'm walking out, faded blue jeans, my Wranglers, and yep. that's it. That's it. End of list. Do you even have a belt back. on? I want to say no. Yeah, that's always interesting. That would have been more be interesting wrong. for that. I could be wrong. Better. I mean, I like it better than him wearing his tights. I think he should have wrestled like that. Yeah. At least that's a bit more of that like uh, badass thing going on. So he's pointing at Brock. People used from to do room. a street fight. They'd be like, now I dress in street clothes, obviously, because I'm just going to put my you know gear on. That's right. Uh, so Big Show, Big Show goes for choke slam, uh, but can't really get it, and so he punches Funak instead. And we're told it's a knockout punch. And Alex, this is actually really weird because later on he uses this as a, as a finisher. Yes. But years later, like years not later, years later. And there's nothing to the point. So he tries to do the choke slam. He can't because of the neck. The neck yes. is what renders him unable to. Tanaki right. does really nothing. And then Big Show just doesn't really haul off and hit him. Just just a very straightforward punch. Right. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not like, like bow. Yeah. It's like bum. Kind of pops and him, really. Tanaki's out gold. And... and yeah, I watched a couple of MMA clips recently, so I was surprised Big Show just didn't get it just on top and start punching him in the head 15 times. Yeah, little, I like those little like hammer punches. <laughs> hammers, exactly. It's like, oh, that's I wouldn't wouldn't like to do that. No. Um. So Big Brock pops into the ring to celebrate with Big Show, and the two of them jawed hardcore Holly at the ramp. I find this is funny to me because wrestling has conditioned us that that's an acceptable form of communication with each other, where you can stand in the entrance and I can stand in the ring. And we just kind of mouth things at each other. We There's no way we can hear or make out what either one of us is saying or doing. Yeah, nothing's being communicated at all. Just you guys gesticulating. And I presume they're saying, I need you here in the ring. I want you here right now. I would yeah. take you right now. I would face you right now. And they're going, oh, you want that? I would bring it. You got to get, come at it. Come get it. But it's like, it's silent. It's it's kabuki. There's nothing. They're not actually, you can't, they can't hear each other. They're not yelling. <laughs> They're just talking to each other. But they're it's just intimidation. It's intimidation. Yes, it's, is a very good way of putting it. Thank you. It's a very clear sign this is a television product, right? Because it's like yes. it's the cameras getting the close-ups on them. Uh, and they're and mic'd up and nothing's being said either way. They're just like, <laughs> exactly. yeah. They have a little lapel whisper, mic. And whisper, they're whisper shouting at each other for nothing to be said. 
Yes. There's nothing happening here. Oh, man. Uh, so Rhino is in the SmackDown general manager's office. It's Paul Heyman's office. Mm-hmm. And they're talking about how rap is bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Rhino is going to protect the moral fiber of America. Um, again, I just want this to be more called out as hypocrisy. Now, Heyman says he wants to see a resurrection tonight. The resurrection of the extreme Rhino. And I'm like, okay, yeah, like this is what you do. Like, let's yeah. let's do that thing. Yeah. Uh, so then we go. <clears throat> you were excited about it, Alex. I know you were. Uh, Billy Gunn. In a studio. What is happening? <laughs> I was, hey, and I think, okay, here's what I was going to say at the top of the episode, which is listening back to my other episode that I did. I feel like yeah. I said the phrase or some derivation of I was confused or this was confusing too many right. times. So I was sure. very conscious of not saying that this episode. At right. this point, I don't know what's going on. I don't know why this is happening. Uh, it, it, has this been going on for several weeks to this point? One week. We've One been, week. We're, so sorry. We're, so it was a top three. Top three. Okay. Do you so, remember yeah, Billy last Gunn, week? I don't want to put you on the spot. That's okay. Uh, last week's was um, the Smoking Guns beating uh, somebody for the tag team titles. Mm, okay. Okay. Our, we, well done. Get, Will was on the show, and you wouldn't believe it. Will found that match and watched it. Of course he did. Of course he did. Yeah. Makes perfect sense. Uh, yeah. So Billy Gunn. The, the strangest thing about this is that Hardcore Holly is in the WWE Championship match, and we're also building up Billy Gunn. And I'm like, how many failed 1990s guys? Are we like yeah, building up Duke into the dumpster Drosy when you need him or, you know, hey, you know, he's U.S. title shot. No way out. Wins. He's getting it. He's, he's going to be there. <laughs> OK, the king of the ring next year. Yeah. So. So, yeah, the number two item on the best of Billy Gunn countdown is Billy Gunn when he was kinged, the knight king crowned. Crown, I wrote crown. kinged. Yeah. <laughs> kinged. Well, well, uh, it's king checkers. You say king me. So. Right. Now we're not talking about checkers, but, you know, it's not. After he won the match, I'm sure he looked in the mirror and said, King me. King me, yeah. Uh, Yes, it was the 1999 King of the Ring. Uh, Billy Gunn got a second rope famouser on Mm -hmm. X-Pac. A little DX on DX action there. And he beat him. Um, This is uh, you know, famously Billy Gunn. Yeah, he won the King of the Ring, and then The Rock uh, made fun of him so bad that it didn't matter. uh, Yeah, now before it was like Steve Austin's won this. Owen Mm -hmm. Hurts won this. You know, this, this is what is the crowning achievement, for lack of a better term. And we're just going to make fun of you for it, and it's going to go away. Yeah, and you're going to be like the odds on, like, least the, the worst King of the Ring uh, winner, probably after Mabel, I would say. Uh, but, I mean, come on, that's, that's a bottom two pretty easily. Did Happy Corbin win at some point? Is that is the King of the Ring still happening? Yeah, I mean, I would say kind of the... I, I, I can only really count the OG King of the Rings, you know? Okay, the yeah, ones where right. the pay-per-view was named after them. But, I yes, I would be remiss if I wasn't pointing out, of course, that there are guys who are actually doing it now. Who are, like... I mean, he honestly, Corbin is, like, has a higher status than Billy Gunn ever did. And it's, <laughs> like, peak in WWE in some sense. True, yeah. So, and Mabel, you're so. right, kind of was just like, he's too big, we can't... Yeah. I guess he has to win. Yeah. Also, Corbin, weirdly, also an Indianapolis Colt when uh, Pat McAfee was an Indianapolis Colt. And I was like, oh, that's... And those are literally teammates, not just like football guys. Yeah, weird. Um, So next week, uh, Billy Gunn's going to share the number one, uh, number one best of Billy Gunn moment. And then he's going to be back in the Royal Rumble. And then he's going to uh, presumably uh, not going to be much of a factor going forward. So we'll see. You have a question. Uh, I just have a, (laughs) I was trying to think of what his number one moment would be. And number two was winning King of the Ring. And I I couldn't think of anything. Uh, yeah, something DX related, I would assume. Maybe or like an IC title win or something. It's actually a good. It's actually a very good point that I didn't think about that. That I was like, huh. I think after last week, I was like, oh, you know, well, obviously one has to be King of the Ring, but yes. he's done it now. Yeah, I don't know. This couldn't, is couldn't tell you. I'm excited. Is he is he coming back from something? He had an injury. Yeah, had a shoulder okay. injury. I think. 
<clears throat> yeah, or like no, it was a neck injury or something. Um, yeah, no, he got injured. He got injured like late last year, and they were kind of like, yeah, Billy Gunn's uh, he's gone. And Chuck, this is when Chuck Palumbo got separated, and he'd be like, we don't know what to oh, do with Billy Chuck Palumbo. Chuck. I was like, I remember being on TV. Here we go. Right? Yeah, this is how good my memory is. That's when they they had their wedding, and they were like, actually, we're not gay. And then they were like, yeah. cool, 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 bro, Billy and Chuck. And he's like, now I am yeah. just a Guido. Okay. Yeah, we went cool. for it. Yeah. He was fighting the Guido thing before, but now he's just like, I'm just gonna go full bore. Yeah. I respect it. So we got our main event, folks. Rhino with SmackDown General Manager Paul Heyman on his side. Against John Cena, the loser will wash their mouth out with soap. That's sorry, their name of the match. Exactly. I want to get this clear. Yeah, loser please. washes her mouth out mouth out with soap match. Of course, that match description is inaccurate since Rhino is not liable to his mouth washed out. And since the loser's not going to wash their own mouth, I would figure they're like, all right, here's the bar of soap. Wash your own mouth out now. You gotta do it now. Yeah, yeah like to figure out. You, you eight, eight, promised. Eight. Eight. Don't make me, don't don't make me come up there. there. Don't make me come over there with the soap. That's my Herman Trout. That's the guy. <laughs> uh, so Paul Heyman says, you know, the house is favorite in gambling. And tonight, Rhino and Paul Heyman are the house. So Rhino gets ECW rules and John Cena does not. So he can't be disqualified, can't be counted out. But Cena can. Um, so Cole complains about how this match isn't Which fair. Is baloney, yeah. yeah. And I, well, I like, agree with Michael Cole, as I often do. But it's also like, he's like, that's not fair. It's like, yes, that's the text of this arrangement. There's no yeah. subtext here. That's the, the, Paul Heyman said, here's something that's not fair, objectively. Yeah, not even, the, not even pretending. the odds favor me, and I'm going to stack the odds in my favor thusly. Yeah, and here it is. Got it. Um, yeah, and I'm like, also at this point, I'm kind of like, is Mohegan Sun that big a deal? I think we've established it's not really, uh, at least in terms, of, like, for the TV audience, I don't think people are like, oh, of course, Mohegan Sun, you have to do it. Yeah. Uh, so Cena gets sent out of the ring early on, and the ref starts counting. And then later, Rhino goes out, and the referee does not count. And, Rhino, and Cena goes after the ref, like, what are you doing? It's like, did you hear the match stipulations? This he has to, he has to do established. This. Come on. Thusly. So Rhino goes under the ring to grab a kendo stick, which you probably should have done earlier, and he whacks Cena with it. Um, now, I'm wondering here, like, how much does a kendo stick hurt? Because we're told a couple things here. And I think the the I think there's a little contradiction here. Uh, Taz says that uh, kendo sticks are made out of bamboo. Mm-hmm. One mm-hmm. and Taz also says bamboo quote cuts your skin like razor blades, which is obviously mm-hmm. nonsense. I've touched bamboo before; it's not true. Yes. Well, a couple of things. One, as per the movie Rush Hour, and Jackie Chan says, "Don't worry, Chinese bamboo very strong, breaks immediately." Right. Uh, and secondly, yes, I, I agree with you. The whole point of the kendo stick is not to hit someone in the head with it; basically, anywhere else. You hit him in the back, and yeah. like it hurts. Ah, especially I mean, with the part so that is sharper not the tip of it which is where all the things are con anyway yeah strategically right. not the best i always just like whenever they're kind of like oh that thing's so de- it, it's like it's sharp it's like i don't think it's sharp it's sad you can say it hurts but i think it's like yeah. the pain it costs will be acute and sharp on your back but i don't think it would actually be yeah, literally cutting it you. will feel like you're being cut but there is yeah. no blood draw. blood will come to the skin anyway yes it's true. i could go on for days <laughs> it will become reddened the surface of your skin so Rhino grabs a chair and he hits Cena in the back. Uh, it looks more painful to me than the uh, kendo stick did. And so Rhino wedges a chair in the corner between the top and middle turnbuckles. And so he goes to whip Cena into the chair, but it gets reversed. Mm. And Rhino hits it instead. Now, mm. <laughs> Taz says Cena should be disqualified. Cole says Cena shouldn't be because he never touched the chair. I think actually both these guys might be wrong. Yeah. Because <laughs> it's like... I don't think Cena should be disqualified, but I also don't think that the rule being like, well, Cena never touched the object he ran him into. It's like, you could throw him into the stairs. That could be illegal. Or like, there's all sorts of things you could do that are illegal that you don't have to touch. 
Yeah, yeah. Like I didn't. That didn't. That it's, didn't. There's, there's none, none of the the logic doesn't follow through for either one of those things. Yeah, no. It's like, what are you guys arguing about? This is silly. <laughs> uh, so Cena's comeback begins. He gets a flipping cutter, his throwback. He gets a diving elbow. Uh, there's an FU is attempted, and he looks he's probably gonna win. But then Paul Heyman jumps in the ring, hits a low blow on Cena to save mm-hmm. Rhino, which is legal, mm-hmm. but it does prompt an a hole chant directed mm-hmm. at Paul Heyman, which is earned and deserved. Rhino goes for a gore, but Cena pushes Rhino past him, and we take a break. And we come back. There's an unopened table in the ring on the mat, and Cena slams. Cena gets slammed onto it. Then Rhino goes for a splash for the top rope, but Cena gets out of the way, and so Cena covers him for two. Then Rhino sets the table up in the corner, and he gets a nice double-A Arn Anderson-style spinebuster afterwards. Oh, that was a, a nice spinebuster. Right? Cena goes up, to whip down, him. He right. reverses it and just gets him with a nice little... Bickety boom. It's really has a nice sound to it. Top notch. Agreed. Yes. Uh, and so Heyman yells at Cena uh, from the apron. He's perfectly audible. There's no mic on him. He's just yelling and it's just crisply coming through the uh, the mics. Yes, which is we why the hardcore Harley Lesnar thing earlier made no sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. Paul yeah. Heyman's there. He's, he, seemingly he's yelling. Um, and so, yeah, uh, Rhino lines up a gore in front of the table, but Cena pushes Rhino past him and into the table. I, maybe that's a DQ now. I don't know. According to Taz, it might yeah. be. Um, Taz said Cena... he set it up like a ramp as if the <laughs> Rhino was going to run up the table and do something with it. Did not work out that way. That's a much funnier, like, imagine if Rhino runs up and then he, like, hits the edge. He's like, whoa, <laughs> arms are waving wildly. He's going to fall off the edge. That's the real danger of that spot. <laughs> Cena fall, runs up and hits him, too. They fall off the edge together. Yeah. Um, but no, he goes into the table. He goes through the table. Table's after, obliterated. Very well smashed. There goes 139 bucks. <laughs> That's right. And after Cena uh, knocks Heyman off the apron, he hits an FU on Rhino and he gets the one, two, three. And Michael Cole yells, oh, come on, I... Heyman. Come on, Heyman. Here comes the soap. Come on, Paul. It's soap time. I am reading because I've written this down word for word as well because Cole is ecstatic. He is so Ebullient. excited by this. Yeah, yes, even better, even better. Just that he's 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 the happiest he's ever been. Oh, he loves it. And so Rest Paul Heyman takes off. To, he, Paul Heyman takes off to the back. Yeah, as he uh, would. But Cena is mad. And he's in pursuit. But then all of a sudden, Chris Benoit's music hits. No, why is that? Um, <laughs> and before Cena can even go to get Paul Heyman, Benoit has Heyman by the collar. He goes yeah. through the entrance. You assume he, he goes through the gorilla and says, hit my music, because why else would his music hit? Play my music. Yeah. He goes this, that. Uh, and so he tosses Paul Heyman into the ring for Cena. And so Paul Heyman grabs a kendo stick to defend himself. And <laughs> a touch I enjoy, he's, he declares that he goes, I'm leaving. And he's got the kendo. Like, it's kind of like as if you had like a gun to the head of like a, yes. a waitress in a restaurant. You're like, I'm, we're walking out of here. Yeah. Uh, and he's like, he's, he's like, he's brandishing a knife a little bit with a kendo stick there. <laughs> and so Heyman hits Benoit with a kendo stick to the head and then a bunch more times, but Benoit doesn't really react. He just clobbers Heyman. Yes. Two men unconcerned with the fact that this is their boss. Heyman keeps threatening to make people's lives a living hell, but it's also like, you could get fired. There's any sort of thing you could do. You could take you. It, there's all sorts of reasons you, you should really be concerned here, guys. Yes. And so Cena stops and he dramatically tells Benoit it's time to wash his mouth out with soap. And then Benoit grabs a sharpshooter on Heyman, who taps out a bunch. And then Cena stops Benoit again and grabs the soap. It's kind of this weird, the ending of this is a bit messy, where I'm like, I feel like there's supposed to be a moment where, like, they're beating up Heyman. He says, stop, let's get the soap. But he does it twice. Yeah. Bit messy. So, yeah, Cena grabs the soap, and he gets on the mic. 
and he yeah. tells Haman to lick the soap. And Haman says he doesn't want to. And so uh, Cena does this thing where he's going to say, he says, hey, Benoit, when I say Chris, I want you mm-hmm. to kind of like cinch it tighter, I guess, or kind of pull back on a little bit. Of course, Cena goes, no, when I say Chris. Chris? Yeah, he puts yeah. a little, little stank on it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Uh, and so he does it. And so he, uh, so Heyman does, he, he says Chris, and Benoit makes it tighter, and Heyman licks the soap, and he does it again, and he makes Paul Heyman bite the soap, and he, which kind of made me a bit like ill. I'm like, oh, don't do that. I don't want to Yeah, the biting of the soap was a little, I don't, I don't know what the, you get that little feeling in your chest, or like, I just, yeah, almost like empathy, where you're just like, yeah, you know, something's happened. Not, does not look pleasant. It's like when you watch somebody throw up in like uh, even a video or anything like that. You're kind of yeah, like, yeah, like, oh, I can't. Mm. Yeah, I'm feeling that too. Something human about that just makes me mm. feel good. Uh, so he bites it. Cena calls him. Uh, calls calling Cena fat. Uh, calling Heyman fat, which feels extra mean. And it just goes on for so long. And Cena's annoying, and he's saying Chris, and it's like, dude, I know that you are. Ha- you have a rocket strap to you. Yes. You feel great. You're no Maybe one. Maybe the but- crowd's really into it. Right. Maybe. Um, but. I'm- but I, I'm watching this and I'm like, you are 25 and annoying, and I want yeah. you to stop. Yeah. <laughs> I don't actually know who he is, but he's pretty young here, right? And um, uh, <laughs> Michael Cole says, "Oh my, Paul Heyman just swallowed a bar of soap." Not true. No, doesn't swallow a bar of soap. He probably no. doesn't even really eat it. Um, he, he, which is good. he bit it. Yes. 99% of which fell out of his mouth because he had the obviously very natural reaction of spitting it out. Yeah. Yeah. This is the wash your mouth out with soap match, not the eat a bar, eat a soap, bar match. soap match. Yeah, that's a fear factor event. That's what yeah. Joe Rogan would use to get into. Um, speaking of Joe Rogan, no. Uh, so yeah, <laughs> he uh, actually has some good points. Ah, uh, no. Okay. So, so Cena and Benoit they leave uh, with Paul Heyman kind of in, you know kind of in, wallowing in his own soapy shards, and uh, Cena and Benoit shake hands as they leave the ring and we go off the air. Mm-hmm. That was SmackDown. So, Alex, I would love to get your final thoughts on the show. I'd love to know what you thought of it, and I'd love to get yeah. your rating. We use the SmackDown video games of this era of to grade the show. Here Comes the Pain will be bad. Shut Your Mouth will be eh. Just Bring It will be good. I'd love to get a sense what you thought of the show. AJV, hit me up. So, maybe it's the purest in me. I did think the fact that when the main event came on, I was like, okay, there's 20 minutes left. There should be some good amount of time for some a wrestling match here, which would be great. Right. Um, wasn't the best match, maybe a little long for what was, you know, kind of figured out what was going. So yep. I'm really very much teetering between a, uh, a shut your mouth or here comes the pain. And I, I, I don't know which it's for sure. Not a just bring it. Right. Um, I feel like the last one we did together, I was very high on it because I had a great opening match between the Los Guerreros and world's greatest tag team or team angle at the time. I believe I, I right. think, I'm going to give this one a a shut your mouth. It's not quite okay. in the here comes the pain spot where there's no really long segment otherwise. Yeah, so that that's where I'm going with that. Right. What, well, what Alex, in addition to being blood brothers, true mm-hmm. brothers, mm-hmm. we were also ratings brothers. And I'm also giving this a shut your mouth. There you go. Uh, I I kind of like that we're qualifying people for Royal Rumble. That's a thing that is it was a good idea right execution wise not great i like the yeah. idea of like let's focus around people getting in we only have 15 now because it's smackdown raw so let's do something around it yeah because you want to i know you want to do the thing where you have the heel general manager he's doing stuff he's conniving but you could yeah. also just be like hey 
Uh, we're going to almost do a tournament style where I'm going to name four matches off to you. You want to see, you know, Scotty Tawadi take on uh, a Basham? No, but we'll do that, right? Like, like you, you could kind of get out of the whole face heel dynamic that was kind of messy and stuff. You could tell different stories that way, too. But they yes. wanted they want to get Paul Heyman over as an evil guy. Also, oh, um, are people on the show watching the show? Because you're like, let's not go to the ring. Because I feel like if we go to the ring, the FBI is just going to make us fight each other. Yeah, I feel like there's an obvious thing here. Also yeah. funny, they're building up the Paul Heyman thing a lot. Paul Heyman is off of SmackDown as general manager by the end of March. And it's January. So, like, mm. all this effort being put into Paul Heyman as there. this, like, this Vince McMahon-esque figure. It's like, whatever they did, they they go away from that. They don't want to do that anymore. It's like, okay. It is funny uh, looking at these things. And you're like, how long did that go on for? And then you look, and you're like, oh, only, like, two more months. And then everything changes. Like, yeah. Oh, all right. Strange. Or you have things where like, how, how, how long was Matt Hardy doing all this? You're like, oh, over a year. You're like, okay. Yeah, uh, how long was this guy around? It's like, you know, he's gone from like between pay-per-views. It happens, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, lack of star power. It's really hurting these shows. Even exactly. Hardcore Holly, who is who they're trying to make a star, not even really around <laughs> here at all. Right? And you're he's, like, he's there for eight seconds and he just yeah. stands at the edge and that's it. He At the end of the show last week, he has this big almost kind of cool street fight win over a big show. He looks like a badass. Yeah. And this week he's just jawing at the ramp in his, in his Wranglers. So Wrangler shut your mouth for me. Uh, no, no bueno. And yes. so, you know, folks, the, the show we're going to be covering next week is the January 22nd, 2004 episode of SmackDown. We've only got three episodes left in this whole endeavor. We're going to be wow. done after this. We have this episode. And then after this, we have three more. We have a SmackDown. We have a Royal Rumble. We've got a SmackDown. And, uh, yeah, so we're on our way. And Alex, thank you so much for joining me again hey. for as we, as we round out this whole grand event of uh, the SmackDown Six podcast. And uh, you know, there might be some future podcast, uh, might be some future things out there. We're gonna be doing podcast wise and everything like that. But you know what? I'm trying to enjoy life in the moments because yeah. who knows what can happen to you? Might maybe a Royal Rumble qualifying match will just be thrust upon you. So instead, I look at the moment right now and I say, Alex, thank you for being part of this. I appreciate it. Hey, no problem. Thank That's you. Right. Thank you for having me. I can't confirm that. Randy Savage does say, wash your mouth out with soap uh, to Hulk Hogan in the song Be a Man. Please check it out from the 2003 album. Uh, I can't remember. But yeah, there you go. thank you so much for having me. If I can make one more recommendation, that uh, that would be it. Yeah. I can't wait and to be a part of it. And hopefully it's not so long next time. That's right. And folks, um, I just want to encourage you to, to be a man in your life, whatever that looks like. Uh, yeah. Even if you're a woman, you can be, because it's more of like a, you know, a man kind of more on like the, have some courage, have some guts kind of thing. And you can have that if you're a woman, obviously. Uh, Marshall Man Randy Savage, of course, famous feminist. Yes. So it makes sense that you would say that. Um, may he also rest in peace. May he also rest in peace. Having had a car crash after having a heart attack in a car. Not yeah. sure if he had a heart attack and died in the car, or if he had a heart attack, hit the tree, and then died. Dark way to end the show. Folks, thank yes. you for joining us here. <laughs> you can follow us on SmackDown and Twitter, SmackDown 6, SmackDown 6 Pod. You can follow you can uh you can review us on Apple Podcasts. It does yes. wonders for us getting seen. You can share us through show with a friend, uh, which you can also do. Or folks. And yeah, absolutely. So folks, yeah, thank you so much for joining us. We are in the home stretch, big time home stretch. And I just hope that whatever happens to you in this week, folks, um, you don't have to bite any soap. Good night. Godspeed. May God have mercy on all of you.